Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include where prices are falling, part two of an interview with Kyrgios' John Sayer on Q4 origination trends and meaningful data in the mortgage industry, and savings levels of Americans. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, Vesta. Vesta is the new, modern loan origination system, which helps lenders reduce their costs to originate and improve their ability to integrate with new technologies in the ecosystem. Vesta automates as much of the work as possible and services the rest to people using exception-based processing. Vesta is configured entirely using no-code so lenders can easily customize their business logic. Vesta integrates to any ecosystem player via open, cloud-native APIs to unlock automation and a differentiated borrower experience. To learn more, visit Vesta.com. Every month we receive statistics showing how prices are going up or down, and our Federal Reserve is continually mentioning controlling inflation, which in turn helps mortgage rates. Inflation has finally impacted birthday celebrations. Steakhouses are in, but steak is out. Many customers are looking for a splashy night out with less red meat and lower prices. The price of chicken is poised to fall considerably, helping inflation and, in turn, in a small way, mortgage rates as the glut of feed hits the market. Feed costs are about 60% of all the expenses of raising birds, and the rising need for biofuels, like that made from soybeans, means that there is poised to be much cheaper feed on the market. A byproduct of making soybean oil from soybeans is soy meal, which is used as chicken feed. The levels of soy meal produced in the U.S. are expected only to go up, which will keep prices for chicken and pork lower than otherwise. See how these things work? Despite fiscal stimulus and a strong jobs market, data reveals a concerning decline in average monthly savings across all income levels in the U.S., A decline in savings rates is a critical indicator of the economic challenges faced by households. Compounding the distressing savings trends, there have been increases in average credit card balances. The amount of users carrying a credit card balance has increased for all Americans, regardless of income level. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome back to the show Kiranos' John Sayer for part two of an interview on Q4 origination trends and meaningful data in the mortgage industry. This time, let's focus on HELOCs and seconds. We ended our conversation yesterday talking about what you expected for home equity originations in 2024. And I kind of want to stay in that same vein to start today. And I'll ask you, how do you see independent mortgage bankers breaking into second lien home equity lending? Because it really has been the domain of banks and credit unions over the years. Uh, you know, yeah, yes, I do. But I, I see all types of lenders, uh, Robbie, potentially thriving in the home equity lending market. Um, you know, everybody, you know, everyone knows how the stars have aligned for home equity loans and lines of credit. You know, homeowners are holding tight on their low first rate mortgages. Homeowners are realizing boatloads of equity gains given increasing home prices. And homeowner, homeowners have been spending money like crazy. So it, this really all adds up to the demand for financing. Uh, we're seeing new market entrants capitalizing on the new market arbitrage. I call it a market arbitrage. That's really converting 
homeowner consumer debt, credit card balances and the like, which is at high rates, 20%, right? Uh, into lower 8%, 9% home equity financing. Um, that's, as you know, amortized over a much longer term with markedly lower payments. So we've seen in, in lenders really focused on help, helping borrowers restructure their consumer debt by tapping that, that equity that they have in their homes. This is something that mortgage lenders and loan officers we know are really good at, right? Uh, cash out refinances. Uh, a home equity loan is just a cash out refinance under a different flag. Well, then I think it begs the question, at what point do traditional first mortgage cash out refinances come back into the fold? You know, in our data, we're, uh, Robbie, we're continuing to see a few cash out refinance transactions. Uh, but we did the math a few months ago. Rates were a little bit higher, but a few months ago. And it would have taken a 350 basis point decrease in first mortgage rates for homeowners with that low low rate first mortgage to be incented to do a cash out refinance of their first mortgage, as opposed to their preference in keeping the first mortgage in place and then taking out a home equity loan. So, you know, the math just isn't there unless rates really, really come down. Uh, that really assumes, though, uh, that the spread between first mortgage rates and home equity rates doesn't change. But we all know spreads change, right? So we keep a close eye on that spread and how it relates to loan origination volume in the first mortgage space cash outs and how it relates to home equity loan volumes. Uh, in fact, if you look at it, the rate difference between cash outs, first mortgage cash outs and home equity has actually widened over the last couple of years from about one and a half percent to about 3%. So home equity loans, about 3% higher rate than first mortgage loans, a pretty significant widening. Uh, the move here, I really think for lenders is to be prepared for a continually shifting market, right? Uh, when that includes the ability to toggle between originating traditional first mortgage loans and originating home equity loans. That's a really good point about the rate spread increasing between cash outs and home equity. I think that's a valuable tidbit for people out there. But I kind of want to go back to something I alluded to at the start, and that's that home equity lending's kind of been historically the domain of banks and credit unions. So what about banks and credit unions? Isn't this their domain? Aren't they poised to stay at the forefront? You know, interestingly, a, a number of very large banks and some credit unions actually got out of home equity lending around the 2020 year uh, time period. Uh, most of the top home equity lenders, however, continue to be financial institutions like banks and credit unions, 10 of the top 12 lenders being financial institutions for home equity lending. Uh, for banks and credit unions, they're really making more traditional home equity loans and lines of credit that we traditionally think of. Uh, the big challenge in that space for them is the undrawn home equity lines of credit. Uh, really, a significant portion of borrowers are taking out lines of credit as convenience loans and are not drawing down on their lines. Um, this is like giving borrowers a free insurance policy for rainy day funds. Well, as I've been taught throughout life, there's no such thing as a free lunch out there. 
And obviously in this case, the, I mean, nothing is really free. Are there consequences for unused lines of credit? Uh, certainly consequences for banks and credit unions, um, especially with some of the proposed uh, Basel changes uh, that having to do with capital charges. Um, what I understand is that there would be a significant increase in large banks' capital changes if an unused line of credit, that unused portion on lines isn't being used and, and the capital uh, against that uh, exposure uh, the good news, though, um, as Ken had shared with me, uh, Ken Flaherty on our team, is that recent origination vintages of lines of credit are seeing some re really decent upticks in usage and utilization. Uh, I would say all told, uh, if I was a mortgage lender right now, which I used to be, whether I was a bank, which I was at, or a credit union or an independent mortgage bank, uh, I would be all over the home equity lending space. Um, instead of thinking about mortgage lending, first mortgage lending, and home equity lending separately, at Curinos, we're definitely recharacterizing our business to be thought of as home lending, which incorporates both. And at Curinos, we're more than happy to help clients in that space, uh, both, number one, understand the market opportunity, and number two, assess their lending performance, rate position, and the like. That's very well put. I think that's a great opportunity for originators out there. John, I really appreciate this all, as always. I'm sure we can get into proposed Basel changes next time. That's a whole conversation <laughs> and a half on its own. But for now, really appreciate the data and insights. And I look forward to having you back on in a couple of months. Thanks so much, Robbie. Good day. This week will be very light in terms of economic data, including today, without any economic releases of note but markets will receive plenty of Treasury auctions and Fed speakers. Bond yields open the week, surging higher, continuing Friday's sell-off as the most recent U.S. payrolls report was too strong to support rate cut expectations. Bets that the Federal Reserve would start cutting interest rates in the first quarter of 2024 were due to jobs data pointing to a cooling U.S. labor market, along with receding inflation. Will the FOMC remove its bias? tighten policy further at last week's policy meeting, the committee still needs greater confidence that inflation is moving back toward 2% on a sustained basis before cutting rates, possibly at its meeting in May. Economic data to begin 2024 has yet to suggest a recession, which can be viewed either as obvious given the federal government's unprecedented amount of fiscal stimulus, or odd given the Federal Reserve's historical tightening regime. Today's economic calendar has Redbook same-store sales for the week ending February 3rd. The New York Fed household debt and credit report for Q4 is also due out this morning, and markets will receive several treasury auctions, headlined by $54 million of three-year notes. At least four Fed speakers are currently scheduled. Cleveland's Mester, Minneapolis's Kashkari, Boston's Collins, and Philadelphia's Harker. Without any data of note on today's calendar, we begin Tuesday with agency MBS prices unchanged Monday night and the 10-year yielding 4.15 after closing yesterday at 4.16%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. A German shepherd, Doberman, and a cat have died. All three are faced with God who wants to know what they believe in. The German shepherd says, I believe in discipline training and loyalty to my master. Good, says God. Then sit down on my right side. Doberman, what do you believe in? 
The Doberman answers, I believe in the love, care, and protection of my master. Ah, yes, says God. You may sit to my left. Then he looks at the cat and asks, And what do you believe? The cat answers, I believe you're sitting in my seat. <laughs> Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, Vesta. Vesta is the new, modern loan origination system, which helps lenders reduce their costs to originate and improve their ability to integrate with new technologies in the ecosystem. Vesta automates as much of the work as possible and services the rest to people using exception-based processing. Vesta is configured entirely using no-code so lenders can easily customize their business logic. Vesta integrates to any ecosystem player via open, cloud-native APIs to unlock automation and a differentiated borrower experience. To learn more, visit Vesta.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at RobChrisman.com. Visit RobChrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.